Hi, I'm Valerie Steele, Director and Chief Curator of the Museum at FIT, the most fashionable museum in New York City. Welcome to our Fashion Culture podcast series, featuring lectures and conversations about fashion. If you like what you hear, please share your thoughts on social media using the hashtag FashionCulture. My name is Tania Melendez Escalante, and I am Senior Curator of Education and Public Programs. It is my pleasure to introduce Stella Jean, the Italian-Haitian fashion designer who will join Dr. Valerie Steele, Director of the Museum at FIT, for a discussion about how to expand diversity in the Italian fashion scene. Enjoy the show. Stella, thank you so much for joining the museum at FIT. I'm so pleased that you're on with us. Uh, thank you, Valerie, for having me. Um, I wanted to start out by asking you what um, Black History Month means to you. To explain why Black History Month is important to me, I have to give you a brief anecdote. Much to my own disappointment, as well as my sister when we were young, our mother forced us to study the history of Haiti. She went so far as to have books shipped to us directly from, from Haiti to Italy so that we could follow along attentively. She would repeatedly underline what an extraordinary country hers was and that it was an island that changed the entire history of humanity with its very own strength, becoming the first black republic in the world. Yeah. At that time, I taught uh, really Haiti, and it was hard for a skeptical girl like me to believe it. And that's why I would ask my mother, a proud Asian woman in time that preceded internet, if what you say about your land is true, why is known of this written in any of my history book, my French or Italian history book? Her answer was and remained an, an extremely important life lesson for me. Do not ask the lion the story of how the mouse escaped him. We are accustomed to history that is written exclusively by the victors. It's fundamental to go back a few pages and have the voices of those that were silenced for far too long and to rewrite those pages, those pages from bilateral perspectives with the necessary level of objectivity required to transform a tool of propaganda into one of education. It is very important. You certainly would never have a French history book talking about how the Haitians had defeated the French empire. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, you know, the lion and the mouse. <laughs> so, well, you started a really important movement against racism in Italian fashion. And racism is a really serious issue in the United States, as we've seen from the Black Lives Matter movement and the civil rights movement. But I think most Americans wouldn't have any idea what it meant to talk about racism in Italian fashion. So could you start there explaining what, what is it? Mm, it's quite different. In Italy, multiculturalism and the ethnicities related to it are extreme, extremely appealing when they come in the form of exotic and colorful forms of inspiration. That same enthusiasm decreases significantly when the gaze shifts for, uh, to black people beyond multiculturalism, particularly when we begin 
and you dare to be vocal. These moments often coincide with the moment some people realize that besides being pleasantly tropical, you are black. I understand and can rationalize the extreme fatigue of facing, facing this topic in Italy, but things, I can say that right now, things are changing. Um, you have also to understand that um, Italian fashion's intense representation of a new mixed society on the cover of magazine, in advertising campaign and on catwalk does not correspond in the list to the real black minority presence in their local workforce. We are completely lacking in concrete decision-making or work-related rules. These are the position to which invisible black Italians are not granted access. On the contrary, our physical Im images are in great demand and are widely exploited from promotional purposes. In fact, it's clear that almost every single uh, fashion company run to fill their advertising campaign with black models, all the, all the while one of our major fashion magazine keep parading lists of black talents and designers who are chosen exclusively from non-Italian black talents and designers, almost to ensure that no one can, re can reveal the shocking national truth about a whole generation of invisible new Italians. The latter do not heal significant uh, media attention and are deemed not glamorous enough. This is because they belong to a minority group that is not even acknowledged or accepted as a true part of their own country. So they keep showing the world, the gorgeous multicultural images and filling their advertising quotas with a black imagery that in no way aligns with the human composition of their own businesses within their own country within Italy. So if we really want a true change, this is the first truth we must share with the world. It will come at the cost of pulling down some gods, gods from Olympus. So tell me a little more about psychologically, why is this such a taboo subject? Why are people are so resistant to acknowledging that there are all of these black new Italians, that, that Italy's not just white people, because it's very hard. I think there's a minority of the population that um, will to a kind of pure race, no? And it's incredible when you talk about Italy because we are, we are a multicultural country. We, uh, we should teach the world how multiculturalism work. And instead we try to only show our white pure side. And uh, I understood this um, this paradoxical situation also uh, noticing you now the reaction people had um, after our um, movement started in, uh, in July and they, uh, they reacted in a really incredible way. Uh, one completely unexpected response was of support and absolute solidarity from all over the world. US, UK were the first to take action and support us through publications such as uh, British Vogue, WWD, The Guardian, BOF, Vogue US, ID, Upper Bazaar, and many, many others. They didn't stop just preaching about diversity and inclusion. They backed their words with action and contacted us for further information and insight. In Italy, some immediately contacted us asking, how can we help you? And what's happened, what, which is, uh, which is a problem. This is the case of, uh, for instance, Mr. Rosso, diesel label founder, is prompt, authentic, 
interest has been much appreciated. Just very few people in the field of fashion media have had the inhumanity to insist that racism does not exist in Italy. I'm referring to very influential women in fashion. They even went so far as to offer members of Black Lives Matter Italian fashion movement substantial assistance regarding work opportunities such as articles, features, and write-ups in exchange of abdicating this urgent request for equal opportunities in Italy. This outlook and behavior is obviously attributable to someone who is perhaps too privileged and not accustomed to what's really going on in this country. The sea of silence and denial from those who publicly support us has left us completely stunned. So this topic has never been addressed by few fashion editorial offices, uh, which continue to hide and self-absolve behind lists of designer fashion shows and improbable diversity talks and creative talents chosen exclusively from black designers who are not based in Italy or even more admirably by Afro-Italian figures who cannot share any experience based on the specific topic of the, of the fashion field. It is a meticulous triage that is designed to prevent anyone from revealing the, the truth because they are all terrified of providing you with a platform and support. These same individuals even consider intimidation and treats to be a plausible solution for, word, for their cowardice. There, um, there, there are fashion editors who oppose and have banned and frozen any article related to our request. The topic has been banned, much like my name, my collection, my work, in sync with the first denouncement in Italian history against national racism in Italian fashion. So in interestingly enough, when I had the, the opportunity to ask these individuals directly why they choose to behave in such a manner, why would they hope to disappear, leave us alone and completely ignore our struggle, struggle which is curiously the very same struggle, struggle that these, um, they share on the cover of their magazine. Their response consisted of uh, three shocking, simple words. I don't know. <laughs> so now after eight months of sweat and persistence and, and after the world world has discussed the issue and applied the decisive pressure, they've uh, I've informed us that it would be their pleasure to feature us our movement and talents in a, an article. The thing is we don't need an article now. We need the intrusion system comprised of silent powers, threats, retaliation, and hypocrisy to collapse. This corporate colonialism must stop. That is what we need, not an article. We, here we are light years away from the level and amount of acknowledgement that the same topic leans in countries like yours. You, uh, when you started your career, you were helped in part by Franca Sozani of Italian Vogue. Can you talk about the beginnings of your career and, and Franca's work with you? Um, well, I owe a large part of my career to Franca Sozani. She trusted me, she trusted my vision and decided to believe in my project, my missions. Uh, which is an existing and tangible ethical work, which is obviously still not remunerative at the moment, but hopefully it will be one day, slowly but surely. And uh, she decided to give me a fundamental contribution, um, uh, 
which has been a non-reimbursable trust. And I can say that Vogue family, British Vogue and Vogue US have remained by my side with a complete absence of fear and with great support that extends beyond any and all hypocrisy. They're backing as stretched behind any sort of convenience and they are keeping their promises put forth in the Condonast corporate statement. Tell me what were the first breakthroughs that you had in getting your message across? after being stonewalled and denied for, for, I don't know how many months, what breakthroughs did you make that finally turned the corner for your movement? Breakthrough that we made, because um, you have to remember Michel Gomno, founder of uh, Afro uh, Fashion Week in Milan and uh, Sansovino founder, Edward Bucana, Sansovino six. And I'm extremely pleased and proud to say that the president of the Italian Fashion Council, Mr. Carlo Capaza, and the Sustainable Project Division of the Council have already taken action. And in particular, Mr. Capaza is upholding his recently made promises by being a part of the fashion cultural reform and guaranteeing that these initiatives will be implemented between now and the next Milan Fashion Week in February. The Italian Fashion Council is also working to provide scholarship and are providing right now mentoring to marginalized PLC fashion students. I, um, I would like to say that Michelle Ngonmo and Edward Buchanan are working around the clock daily with seven, 24 seven with an extraordinary team led by Fashion Council Head of uh, New Brands and Sustainability, Mrs. Paola Arosio, who is uh, following each and every one of the young creatives will present, present their collection during the next Fashion Week. On the path to common ground, it will be of utmost importance for us to announce the evolution of the Five Five, Fab Five, Fabulous Five with Fab Five International, <laughs> which will highlight every season by hosting presenting and promoting five talents, beginning with the partner nation of the African continent. This will also help to alleviate the unfortunate dynamic of immapancy that tends to completely disregard the unique diversity and variety that is found on the continent of Africa. As Sindizo Kumalo perfectly said, too often these countries are used as mood boards, but they are rarely mentioned. And when they are too often, often they become known for all the wrong reason. So from the onset of this stance, we made two initial and important and historical steps considering the unique status quo that exists in Italy. We obtained the first ever introduction of five uh, black designer of the new multicultural made in Italy from the Italian Fashion Council in September. These designers were able to be listed on the official Milan Fashion Week schedule. So President Capaza asked our collective also to add the first um, special unit of the Fashion Council, Black Lives Matter Italian Fashion. And this word would like to be the first observatory on the subject of racial equity within Italian fashion, charged with creating opportunities uh, for black talents and other invisible minorities in the Italian fashion industry, as well as with developing programming, programming to help foster equity and inclusion across the industry. Can you tell us about your six points? Because you have six very specific points that you want to accomplish. 
six areas of concern yeah. that are going to be important for equity. I can highlight a couple of points as um, cultural appropriation, yeah. which is for companies wishing to continue to draw free inspiration from black culture and a database will be available, which will be updated regularly with the list of the various professional figures who on the African territory preserve and promote a 360 degree materials and skills attributable to the fashion sector. These figures will be able to support, train and collaborate with Italian companies so that the latter no longer create collections simply inspired by Africa as a source of passive inspiration, but collection consciously created with with Africa and its representatives as main and active interlocutors. So I think we think and we believe this cooperation has to be carried out also on an exchange of skills and training session on each other's competencies, preserving their own tradition and at the same time gaining access to the global market, integrating new, integrating new technique with the great help of Italian partners. That's a very important step forward because cultural appropriation has all been so much been one way taking, even when the Western designers feel that it's appreciation by setting ground rules and say, you have to acknowledge where it's coming from, you have to collaborate and you have to you know, put your money where your mouth is to help make this a two way project. These are crucial to making it a genuine appreciation. Yeah, it's all about cooperation. We can, we can find, I think, uh, the solution is um, closer than what we think, no? We, they all are uh, now, they're all trying to, to participate to this training, sensitive, racial sensitivity training and all this stuff. I think that we, they should um, save their money and uh, invest them for, uh, in the, this new generation of um, designer and fashion professional of different backgrounds. It's genuine action. Well, give me some more information about some of your other points. Another important point to us is a database that will include the POC professional working in the Made in Italy. So fashion uh, industry from a variety of cultural background and skills who are available to Italian companies that honestly want to increase diversity within their businesses. Is, uh, this action is meant to nullify the most commonly used justification by fashion companies for the lack of diversity within the country's workforce. Because when we first approached them and we, um, we explained the problem, they said, uh, we didn't know that um, black Italian existed or black uh, people in, it, in, uh, in the part was part of made in Italy existed. So now no more, now they know and no more excuses or justification are acceptable anymore. Um, can you talk a little bit about the price that you paid for, for breaking the silence, breaking this taboo about talking about um, black new Italians? Uh, it's easy to explain, as I said before, I, they, uh, some, some editor even uh, chose to, to ban my work. And uh, now you see me, but in this moment, I'm also speaking for those who are terrified of exposing themselves out of fear of possible retaliation. Yeah. There is a threat of professional lynching that looms for those who dare to step 
into their full power and tell the truth. Those who share their experiences and do demand change. The severity of the punishment varies. The goal is to make an example out of you. So they aim to make you a living warning to anyone who might ever think of coming forward to share truth and change the status quo. The clear message is always the same, don't you dare. So many difficulties we've encountered thus far, far too many for a civilized country like ours and too many for an area like fashion which thrives on progressivism and supposed uh, radical freedom of expression when it comes to social issues. So there are many, you know, paradox on this, this story. How has Black Lives Matter as a movement influenced you? Um, it touched me, it touched me. It, uh, and it also changed me. You know, when um, in June, back in June, uh, for the first time I joined the, uh, the square, the Italian square where field of new Italians of every uh, skin tone. And they were there sharing their experiences and it was incredible. For the first time I heard what I knew, I, I knew so well, no? Because it was the same, uh, the same thought that I share for, that I, that I share for years, but I've never had the courage, their courage to share uh, what, I, what I was feeling at the moment. So when I had the opportunity to see this new generation of new Italians, they were so brave to me and so courageous. So I thought I just have to do my part of the work. So I, I can't, I can't, um, I can't be quiet anymore. Can you just introduce us to the five new fashion designers who've become part of the new multicultural made in Italy movement? The, fir the first, the first five, five. So five, the, yeah. were the one that have been presented on September and that yeah. they will show their um, full winter collection in February are Moko Dufo. Is a, is a great painter, is a great painter, and you can see it from his work. So you will see all his uh, garments hand-painted by him. Uh, Joy Meribe, she is great with uh, this um, batik and rock, rock touch. Uh, Karim Duadi is, um, uh, is an accessor accessory designer and it will show his shoes collection. Frida Kiza, and she's the most established one. And uh, Claudia Giselle Sama, who, to me, she's a genius. She's a total genius since um, she, uh, she made her clothes without fabrics, but with billions of uh, hand thread and by hand. So the only thing that she used are Amtrid and scissor and her hand. Wow. And um, on her own, Michelle Gonmo supported these creatives for years and she heard no countless times over the past five years when she knocked on every possible door in Italy. So what 
I admire, admire it's that despite the doors that closed in their faces and the humiliation, they didn't stop. I believe this amount of tenacity and determination warrants a change. That's why uh, they had um, the opportunity to show the, for the first time uh, their work and tell the world that the new Made in Italy is not a color any longer. And we are determined to counter the misconception that to be Italian is to be white by presenting the names and the faces of these new Italians who are, who are already silently part of Made in Italy and of, of whom Made in Italy is already comprised. It's a pity that many who believe in the notion of racial purity will be disappointed about whether they like it or not in this beautiful country, the same multiculturalism that all Italians are made of from the first to the last, regardless of color, is ongoing and is irreversible. And I'm sorry to be the one to ever to tell this, but the decision is final. There is no going back. And um, most of the designers who were presented at the Milan Fashion Week cannot even afford to design full-time. They all uh, hold day jobs and constantly fear their dreams and passion whenever they can. And um, they are all really so special. Frida, the one I told you before, is a medical doctor. And um, Claudia, she's 25 years old. And uh, as I say, she doesn't work with fabric. And um, her might is Watanabe. Just think of, of the sophisticated works art that are available to view photos were created while she was cleaning homes for a living. So her family made a way for her to study an, at an Italian fashion school. And at the end of the course, her teacher gave her the following advice. You are very good, Claudia. Go ask someone like you for an, intern an, an internship or a job, someone who is the same color as you. This happened in 2020. So this is the <laughs> point of backwardness that we are facing here. Well, um, just as we want to include more of your work in the collection of the museum at FIT, um, my curators are gonna be in touch to try and look at some pictures and see if we can add some of these other designers to our permanent collection. They sound really exciting and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing images of their work. So thank you for everything that you are doing and thank you for, you know, continuing both with your own career and now with taking on this massive but hugely important uh, job of bringing greater diversity to the Italian fashion system. To Thank bring you. the diversity that's already there, but to throw the <laughs> Exactly, it's already exactly. there for a long time. And they, uh, the Fab Five will be honored if it was one of their works to, to be part of your collection. It will be really honored. So. I, I think it will be a good thing. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And onward with you and the Fab Five.